Welcome to this edition of Don't Listen to Us. I'm Sean King. I'm Melissa King. It might sound a little different to you guys today because we are not at home. I think this is one of the cool things I like about the anchor system. And assuming this all works when we get on the ferry. But um, we have been away in the big city all weekend having a adult vacation. Actually, not vacation. You were working. Yes. Uh, and so we decided that we were going to... Who are you waving at? It's Ben. You're flirting and complete strangers. Do you want to go talk to Ben? No. We <laughs> <laughs> have to get out of the car then, and I'm not doing that. So we are sitting at the ferry terminal in Horseshoe Bay, Vancouver, British Columbia. We're going to hop a 40-minute ferry across to the Sunshine Coast to Gibson's to our home. So we thought, eh, what the hell? we got time to kill. We can do a DLTU. As always, our email address is dltu at yml.me. So we were in the city this weekend. We went over on Thursday evening, and you went to a conference that, can we say it? Can we be, can we be honest? It wasn't one of my best choices for professional development. It was it was misleading, and so unfortunately, I it wasn't what I quite expected. Well, the, I've been to a lot of conferences, and it's definitely a, the, the the speaker is everything in a conference, obviously. And if the speaker isn't someone that you connect with and enjoy listening to the conference is a waste of time. It's it, it can be painful. So unfortunately, yours wasn't uh, everything that you had hoped it would be. No. Love, like, presenter, no, it was more her material. But anyhow, I, I don't think she was necessarily a terrible presenter mm-hmm. in, in, in the sense that she had a droning, monotonous voice or anything, but she really didn't liven the place up. That's too bad. That way. Then on Friday evening, was it Friday evening? Where, where did we eat on Friday evening? Friday evening, we isn't this terrible? Friday evening. Yes, no. Friday evening. So Friday evening, we, we've been uh, no. <laughs> um, I had decided that we were going to have Indian food on Friday evening. <laughs> was that Friday? It was Friday. We we, we we had a group on that's that's expired now, but it was exp- it was expiring. Uh, let's go to this Indian place, and it's in an area called Burnaby. It's about thirty minutes away from our hotel. So, an hour before we're getting ready to go there, Melissa goes, I don't want Indian food. <laughs> oh, jeez, okay, what do you want? Let's have sushi. Well, when you say sushi in Vancouver, you can't go wrong. No. It's, you look up Yelp reviews, go to one of the top three or four, and you're going to have great sushi. Exactly. Vancouver is known for its, its Lots sushi. Lots of sushi. So, we went to the very first one on Yelp, and we drive off to, to it. And it's closed. <laughs> That's right, it was. Friday night at 6 o'clock. Yeah, like, huh? Why are you closed? <laughs> the number one reviewed sushi restaurant in Vancouver is closed on a Friday. That kind of pissed me off. Is that the number one, huh? It was the number one on Yelp. Oh, all right. So, I think we were... Oh, then we went to another place. And this is one of the beauties of women. They say things, but don't they don't explain things. Oh. So I go, I pick another place called Clutch or Crutch or something. I don't know. <laughs> and we drive up to it. I find a perfect parking spot uh. right in front of the place. Mm-hmm. Great parking spot. And Melissa goes, I don't like this place. And why I didn't you? The, and why didn't you like it? Because it was very bright and small and cafe looking, and I wanted a different experience. Now, my first thought was she wanted a romantic dinner. And we can't afford romantic, okay? I'm sorry. Just, we just don't have the money for romantic. I'm teasing. So pathetic. But I think it's hard to find a romantic sushi restaurant. I, it's, I didn't want romantic. I no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, am I wrong in thinking that it is hard to find a romantic? Because sushi doesn't seem no, sushi, romantic, no, if you know no, what I mean. No, I agree. But you wanted a certain ambiance. I just wanted that kind of... I didn't want a brightly lit white tiles on the floor yep. or pine furniture yep. cafe sushi bar. So it just so happened, literally across the street, kitty corner from where we were sitting in the car, there was a place called Sushiyama. Yeah. And we go up to Sushiyama, we walk over to Sushiyama, we look and we go, it looks kind of cool. A little yeah, yeah. dim. Um, it was, it got very busy just after we got there. Didn't it? Uh, we walk in, and the, the little Japanese girl says, uh, for two, we, two. Should we sit, sit at bars? Yes. That's the best place to sit in a sushi restaurant. Oh, you restaurant. have to sit at the bar. you got to sit at the bar. If the bar is set up properly, and unfortunately Sushiyama wasn't, you can see what the sushi chefs are doing. I yeah. love watching them. Oh, I do too. 
a skillful sushi chef is just fascinating and, and, and wonderful to, uh, to, to watch. So we sat there, we sat at the bar and it was crowded and it was busy and it was hectic. And it was big tables full of frozen fish. Right next to us. Right next to us. <laughs> I loved that. And uh, the, the, the staff, the, the women uh, waitresses were rushing around all mm. over the place and it had a great energy. It just did. So I ordered the, the giant plate of sushi, as is my want. You ordered uh, a couple of roll thingies? Yep. It was delicious. A giant bottle of sake. And, and we'll get to the sake in a second. <laughs> it was really good. It was good I don't know about sushi. yours, but my sushi, I have a, I think it's called nigiri, which is pretty much yeah. just a slab of fish. Yep. I love that, and it was and so yep. tasty. Mm -hmm. You had squid? I had squid. Um, which, no, it was octopus. Sorry, octopus. octopus. Which I love. Actually, I don't. I don't know much about sushi. I just eat it, and I know I like all of it. I'd like. I want to get more like uh, one of those groovy people that can order their sushi with lots of knowledge. Why? I don't know. See, I like the the the, the sushi platter I, I ordered was basically the the, the chef special, mm. and the chef special is is can be okay. What do I got that's rotting? You know, what's going off? I'll, I'll give it to this guy yeah, kind of thing. So yeah, it's a little yeah. bit of a danger there. But this was not that. It was very, very good. But it's oftentimes the chef will go, I haven't made this in a while. So I'll, try, I'll make this. So you keep, yeah. keep, keep in practice. But it was it was usual. There was tuna and there was shrimp and there was the usual stuff. But it was very, very tasty. And I can eat my body weight in sushi. So I love, I don't know much. Like I said, I don't know anything about sushi. I couldn't order a specific piece of sushi. And know what it was, mm -hmm. but uh, I'm more than happy to trust them and have them send it to us. So, if you're ever in Vancouver, sushi, sh yeah, sushiyama, sushiyama, sushiyama. Just, um, on it is it was it on twelve on where was it? I have no idea. Anyway, it's east and it's it's not expensive. Oh, no, it's cheap. Fresh sushi, yeah. fast, busy, great environment, just great. We it's had fabulous. for me. I think I had fifteen pieces of sushi. You had um, eight or ten with I your roll, rolls. two rolls, mm -hmm. um, and I had a giant bottle of sake beer, mm -hmm. and you had a giant bottle of sake, which apparently was mm -hmm. a bad idea, <laughs> as you discovered later. I did. Why did you I discover that little... later? Well, I'd been, I hadn't eaten, mm -hmm. and I just really felt like some some sake and um anyway it didn't didn't sit very well when i got home and kind of because well, you were motel. drunk i was a little tiddly but it wasn't a, like a tiddly it was a <laughs> kind right. of tiddly you are usually, laying on the bed and being really dizzy you are usually a fun little happy silly goofy drunk yeah. but la but saturday night you were just yeah you I weren't just went you were not a fun drunk on oh. saturday night <laughs> sorry i was tired i was looking forward to getting you looking up and taking advantage of you mm. You were not. I was. Oh, come on. Oh, by the way, on Friday, um, I went off to the wilds of Chilliwack to meet up with uh, the Terry Ends. And I really, really, really want Melissa, actually I want all of you, mm -hmm. to someday meet Terry Ends. Terry Ends is what Melissa would describe as being lovely. He is a wonderful human being. He's sweet and he's soft-spoken and he's kind. And I love hanging out with Terry. I wish I could hang out with Terry more often. He's very much like Vito. Oh. He and Vito would be the very similar guys. Terry's a little more soft-spoken than, than, than Vito is. I wish I could have gone. I yeah. really But they're, they're both, both Vito and Terry are lovely people. And Terry's even lovelier because Terry is kind enough. One of the problems that we have here in Canada in general is shipping things from America to Canada can be stupidly expensive. Buying things in Canada versus America it can be stupidly expensive. Melissa has a, a particular kind of jean you like. What's the company called? Hudson's. Hudson's Hud jeans. Hudson's jeans. And how old were the pair of jeans that you were, that you were placing? <gasps> how old were the pair of jeans? Mm. Sorry, I can't guess that exactly. Many years. Regardless. Paper thin, my These favorite. jeans look amazing on you. So when she said she wanted to get another pair of jeans, I said, sure, get them. That's not a problem. Mm -hmm. And then we went online. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get it for you online. They were $215. Best jeans ever. That'll last me for the rest of my life. $215 for a pair of jeans. That's insane. But it gets worse. So you put in your Canadian address. 
and you find that the shipping is going to cost $100. Well, and that's when I said, oh, no, no, I won't do it. Forget it. That's insanity. Just put them in a bag and put a stamp on them and mail them to us. I know. The hell? I Come know, on. right? So, and then the other thing was, there is this yoga stand thing. Explain what this thing is. Oh, it's a feed up. So, I've never used, I don't, I'm not a real prop person when it, I've got a yoga strap which I like and if anyone knows yoga I have some couple of beautiful yoga blocks but this feet up if anybody wants to look it up just you just google feet up it's a great way to intensify your yoga practice and get into a lot of inversions and um, uh, in, in, in like and, and there's support around your shoulders and it's very exciting for me from a yoga point of view what's the point of an inversion what, what good does that do Oh, it increases your blood. So, so and by inversion, we mean handstands and headstands and stuff. Ass overhead. Kind ass of overhead. Well, if you think about yourself as a human being walking around on this earth, your I gravity, <laughs> your gravity is pulling down on all of your internal organs, and they're all just sitting there. Bleh, you know, when you go into an inversion, everything is lifted from where it sits in your abdomen. You're increasing blood flow. You're Oh, there's no no feeling like um, doing inversions in a practice. You feel incredibly revitalized after you've done inversions. Blood I've always flow to your brain. I've always wanted those those one of those gravity chairs. You yeah, know, you stick yeah, your yeah. feet in, you turn yourself upside down. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted one of those things. Mm -hmm. I think it would just, just mm -hmm. be cool. But this yeah. is you doing a handstand or a headstand basically on this chair. Yes, kind of it's thing. sort of it's sort of like a yoke and it kind mm. of goes around. But there's also many other ways you can use it to enhance your practice and okay. to go deeper and to feel more stable. So I haven't used it yet. So we went I went looking for this thing on Amazon.com. Sorry, Amazon.ca. And I, I can't remember the brand name, but the, the the brand name is this yoga stand. It was two hundred and fifty nine dollars on Amazon.ca. On Amazon.com, ninety five dollars. Yeah. That's that's just nuts. Mm. The problem is, it w they won't ship it from Amazon.com to Canada, for any number of economic reasons and and trade agreements and blah 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 blah. But it's just insane. I don't mind spending a little bit more for stuff mm -hmm. from Amazon.ca, mm -hmm. but that's utter insanity. It's kind of mean. It's very. Well, I don't know. I think you think they'd want to promote business. To it's one hundred sixty dollars more just because it's Amazon.ca. It's mm -hmm. ridiculous. So. When this has happened to me in the past, when things like either couldn't get shipped to Canada or were too expensive from the Amazon.ca store, Terry has been very sweet and kind. Uh, he lives in the area called Abbotsford, which is close to the Canada-U.S. border. And he, is, he, he and his wife go across to the States all the time, get gas. It's a very common thing for people who live near the border to jump across the American border to get gas and milk and butter and that kind of stuff. And so he's got a, basically a drop box in, I think, Sumas. And what he what he what you do is I I get my stuff shipped to Terry's Dropbox, mm -hmm. and then Terry goes and picks it up, and then I come meet Terry, and we hang out, and I buy him lunch, and he gives us the stuff. So it was it was fantastic. It's so, so kind. I asked Terry if he would do this. He said no, no problem, no problem at all. Just so we got a bunch of stuff shipped, including so you got your jeans, got my jeans, and your yoga stand. Yep. And I got eight pounds of M and M's. Sean got his M&Ms. You <laughs> can see the the priorities here, people. I I am there. I just want to share with everyone. I don't know if there's any, you know, people out there that know this about Sean, but his M and M's are extremely important to him. Oh, and the whole I don't want to get into the specifics around his M and M's, but he actually shares his M and M's with me. If you know me, yes, you know I don't share my M and M's. I don't. I, I don't share my M and M's with Rory. No, you don't. And he's don't. a child. <laughs> I literally will not let Rory have any of my M and M's. Mm -mm. I love him. He's a wonderful boy, but he's not mean. getting any of my M and M's. Well, and he doesn't get it. But he anyhow, that's a whole other. Thing. Has he? Has he brought it up to you? Has he ever mentioned it to you? He would never. He's a sweet, beautiful boy. He just he was he? shocked at yeah. it because <laughs> you really responded very strongly. It was awful. It was. And he got quite. You know, I don't I talk about modeling sharing. <laughs> <laughs> you got really angry with him. Well, no, I know. Come on. Don't make you it went. sound like I yelled at him or something like that. I you didn't. You were very stern with him. I was stern. Anyway, yes. I haven't forgiven you for that. So, oh, Jesus. moving along. Add that to the list. Yeah. <laughs> Give the kid an M&M. &M. So, so thank you very much to, to Terry Enns for uh, 
uh, helping us out and saving us a bunch of Thank money. Thank you, Terry. And just being a very all-around sweet great. He's also a fellow motorcycle rider. One of my favorite photos is of me and Terry. We were out riding in the area called Langley, and I had this new piece of photo gear I wanted to test out. And so we, we put our bikes, Terry's got a big, beautiful red gold wing, and I've got my black FJR. We put our bikes nose to nose, and then the two of us sort of posed around. That's a we, great photo. We, we didn't pose any kind of like macho kind of way. No. The two of us standing there and took the selfie of us. And it turned out really, really That's well. That's a good one. I love that photo. It's probably my favorite motorcycle photos of me and Terry. So, Terry, thanks very much for that. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to go ride with him sometime in uh, next next spring. Um, so, yeah, so we had sushi on Saturday night and came back to the hotel, and, and you just flaked out on me. Um, oh, oh, we watched the, because we don't have TV. No, go on. Yes, I think I did flake out. You did flake out. And then uh, Sunday morning, this morning, we get up at the regular time. And uh, and I, as always, went and got Melissa coffee, because that's what does, I do. He does. He does. very sweet. I'm absolutely happy to, to get up and, and get dressed and go get you mm -hmm, a coffee. I mm -hmm. love doing that. Um, and then at 11 o'clock, we went off to the Tesla dealership. We did. We were pretending we were rich. Last August, we went out to the local little little airport and um, to the drag races. They were kind of lame drag oh, races. Oh, still were, silly. It's it a good silly. memory. And so these two cars line up, and Melissa goes, what are those two cars? Because all the other cars were, they weren't drag race cars. They, they weren't funny cars. And I was like, yeah, but you could tell they were drag race racers. And there was these two family sedans lined up. <laughs> and you heard the announcer go, and now we've got two Teslas coming up. And I said, Melissa, watch this. So the light goes yellow, 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 green. Nothing. No sound. Just the sound of tires. As, as they went by. And they went by fast, too. Yeah. These two Tesla's went by very, very quickly. And she was like, what were those? Those are Tesla's. Why didn't they make it? There's electric. And so we've talked about it on and off, just what the what the technology and, and why you would get the Tesla and that kind of stuff. And so I thought, well, while we're over here in the city, let's see if we can do a test drive. So we did. We went uh, to the uh, Tesla dealership on West 4th. Um, Charlie was our test drive guy. And... Uh, we test drive the SUV, the, I think it's the, sorry, we're listening for the announcements that when you're not a ferry, they make announcements and you have to, it's here, the boat's here, that's why they make the announcements, I know, really voice. sorry, I was going to turn the clock on just to see what time it is, uh, uh, 5.06, oh, okay, so it's almost ready to go. We'll pick this up on the other side uh, when we get home about Melissa's Tesla My test drive. My Tesla test drive. <clears throat> Part two. We're on the ferry now. It's actually kind of a cute little, almost romantic. You get to go on a boat ride. At the, end, the beginning of your day, then you get on a little boat ride. But after doing it for a while, it's a pain in the ass. You sit, you wait, you sit, you wait. It, it's not that great. It's a very pretty trip, though. If you're ever in Vancouver, um, the ferry, there's several ferries you can take. Most people take ferries to Victoria. But if you get a chance, this is called this area is called the Sunshine Coast. It's very, very pretty. And the ferry ride is, is very pretty as well. Victoria Ferry Ride, I haven't done it in 20 years, but it's also very pretty. So we go to the Tesla dealership on West 4th. We uh, look at the Teslas. The, with the Tesla we, or Melissa, test drove is, I think it's called the, the Model X. But it's the SUV version. And the first thing you notice, at least the dealership, is that it's got these incredible gullwing doors. Oh. But as soon as I said gullwing door, they went, no, 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 no. They're falcon wing doors. I went, uh, what? I did not know this, but a gullwing door has um, no hinge on it. Yes, one less joint, so to speak. And like a, like a seagull. Mm -hmm. Whereas a falcon wing has a hinge on it, so it can open up in a much smaller space. So the door would, because it's got a hinge where you would perceive the, the window to be, it can open up and, and the bottom part be, still be close to the car until it clears whatever obstacles. And it's a very neat design. Um, and... Inside, it was, 
I, when we when we visited the test ride, I called it a TARDIS because it's bigger inside than it's outside. Oh. It's really interesting. The um, design of the vehicle it feels a lot b bigger and more spacious on the inside of it than, than it does on the outside. So Melissa signed up for her, her test ride. They took her license and off she goes. Mm -hmm. And what did you think of the car when you, when you got a chance to drive it? Oh, it was beautiful. Really? Beautiful. You liked it? Yes, very nice. How did it feel? I mean, it doesn't, it's hard to describe. It doesn't have an engine, but we didn't drive it hard enough to see if you could tell if it, you know, you know what I mean? Felt physically different. A, a car with all that weight in the front of it would feel differently, I'm assuming, than a car with with a more even weight balance. All the weight, the Teslas have all the weight um, in the, the bottom of the car, basically. Mm, in the middle. In the middle of it, in the, in the bottom. But you, we didn't drive it hard enough to figure out It the, did corners beautifully. Really? Like you yeah. Could, yeah, it felt really good going around a corner. That technology in it is stupidly cool. It's stupidly cool. There's some stuff in there that I was literally going, Ugh. Oh, that's great. <coughs> One of my biggest concerns, especially as, as a motorcycle rider, is that giant touchscreen in the center console. There are no physical buttons on that where we were in a quote-unquote normal car has the radio and the CD player and the air conditioning and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't have that in the Tesla. In its place, it has this huge... I mean, it's the biggest iPad I've ever seen. It's just ridiculously monstrous. Yeah... How big would you say it was? Like, um... we'll find. I'll find the specs, but yeah. I it was definitely bigger than the biggest iPad. And the biggest oh, iPad yes. is twelve inches. I believe oh, yeah. that was eighteen inches. Oh, that was at least eighteen inches, and probably in length, in length and, and probably nine wide, nine or ten wide. It was it was a small TV screen. Mm -hmm. I joked. I said, you know, my, the TV I had in college wasn't wasn't as big as as this thing was. But my concern is always the idea that. Because of that muscle memory, when you're when you're in your car and you want to change the volume of the radio, you don't. Most of us don't have to look and see that volume button. We muscle memory know. I reach out this far at this angle, I will grab the button and I'll be able to turn without ever looking away from the car. I've been in many situations riding in riding my motorcycle in Vancouver where I've seen cars drifting across the white lines or even the yellow lines. And you look up, and it's a Tesla, and they're looking at their screen for something. They're doing some something, changing something, but they you have to look at the screen in order, in order to change it. Well, you can use your voice though. You but and that's what the, the our our, um, our guy Charlie. our guy Charlie told us. You can use a lot of voice activations, and there's a lot of controls on the steering wheel to change things. The problem with the controls and the steering wheel is you still need to look at the screen to make sure you've done the input correctly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you're still taking your eyes away from the road. And I'm, I'm, I'm a hard ass when it comes to this. Any moment that you're not looking out the front windshield is a moment where danger can happen. You know, whether you look down at the screen and the guy in front of you slammed on his brakes, you don't notice. Or you look down the screen and you drift into, into different lanes or any number of things. It's, it's As a motorcyclist especially, it's really scary because if you drift lanes in a car and hit another car, you got a fender bender, you call the insurance companies, and everything's okay. I get in a fender bender with a car, I fall on the road at 60 miles an hour, and I'm hurt, damaged badly, if not dead. So it's a it's a much bigger deal for us motorcycle riders than it is for other other car drivers. Um, well, the funny thing was, if you took your hands off the wheel and if the Tesla sensed that you weren't paying attention, it would give you a slap on the wrist and you get punished. It puts you in a timeout. It I didn't would know. Put you in a timeout. When the when the this driving assist, I don't think Tesla's calling it autopilot anymore because it gave the wrong impression to too many dumb he people. He used the term, it's like a... Um, uh, um, advanced cruise advanced control. Advanced cruise control. So he didn't... He put it in... I guess in Canada, we're not allowed to do the full auto driving thing. Um, he put it in whatever auto mode it was. The screen turned blue to show us that it was now driving. He took his foot off, 
the gas, mm-hmm. took his hand, he didn't take his hand to the wheel, but he wasn't steering anymore. He has a hand on the wheel just in case, and the car drove. Mm-hmm. And it slowed down. Mm-hmm. There was a cut. We were in uh, on a two-lane road, and the car in front of us slowed down to, to signal. The, the the Tesla slowed down. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't stop at a stoplight, though. That I found interesting. I did too. I asked him that. I said stop sign I because the the car in front, if the if the light turns red, the car in front stops. The Tesla sees the car in front is stopped, so the Tesla will also stop. Mm-hmm. In a, a fairly uh, deep. There was a lot of space between the two cars. Yes. It wasn't... Because as a human, I'll get up within a foot, two feet of the car in front of me. I, no, you're not supposed to, but yeah, you, you do that. The Tesla was probably a good 10 feet back, which is good. Nothing wrong with that at all. But, and I asked him about that. So what would happen if we were the first car in line and that was a red light? Mm-hmm. And you're coming up to a red light and as a human being, you take your foot off the gas, you, you gently press the brake and you come to a rolling stop at the stoplight. The Tesla wouldn't have done that. No. It wouldn't have recognized the red light. No, nor a stop sign. Or stop sign, exactly. You have to do that. Yeah. So you have to step up and... So you, you have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a good thing. I do too. Because I otherwise... Worry complacency You can go to sleep things. in the car. I you can. Know. We saw videos when this first came out, and I told, told you about this, of some idiot in his Tesla put it in self-driving mode, and he got in the back seat and filmed the car driving. That's ludicrous. Yeah, no way would I do that. So there, there was all kinds of cool technology. Um, the the doors opening and closing automatically. The car mm-hmm. starting automatically. Um, Being able to... And the funny thing was when I said to Charlie, Oh, I said, well, how do you turn it off? And he said, well, you don't have to turn it off, Melissa. He said, you can sit, you can have your music on, yeah. you can have your heat going on, you can have your... And it, it, it's brilliant. Yeah. Like, you don't have to worry about turning it off. Here, this is a perfect example of this, that here in Vancouver, when you're going to catch the ferry, you get to the ferry half an hour, 45 minutes an hour early. Oh, yeah. In the middle of summertime, it, you're sitting in your car, it's hot as hell. Mm-hmm. You can roll it on the window, but it's still going to be hot as mm-hmm. hell. So mm-hmm. what you end up doing is turning your car on, turning your air conditioning on. And because we all want to be green, you don't want to sit there and idle for half an hour or well, whatever it is. give you a dirty look. You put, and around here, people <laughs> give you a dirty look. And the reverse is true in the wintertime. Yeah. You know, it gets freezing freaking cold. Steam, everything steams up. You turn your car on, you get you get the car heated up. But with the Tesla, you don't go to worry about that. Oh, you could live in it. <laughs> Mr. Ferriola just sleep in the Tesla too. Well, as he said, the back of the Tesla with the, with the, with the seats that fall flat yeah. is big enough you for me. You could have laid down in that. It was huge inside. Um... So that was kind of a kind of an eye-opening thing. It was, oh yeah, it's electric. You don't got to worry about that. <laughs> the, the AC will work. The, the, the... Charlie, aren't you going to turn it off before I have yeah, to drive it? Right. So you don't you don't turn these things off. <laughs> then the other the other thing was I was impressed with was the range of one of the things that happens with all electric cars, much more so, say five years ago. There was this thing called range anxiety. People thought that the car was not going to be able to. That you're going to get caught in the middle of the road, middle of, of nowhere, with no electricity, and, the, and with the car dead. And that's no longer a real issue. Now it's just a perceived issue for a lot of people. The average is very funny. The average person thinks that they need an electric vehicle that's got like a thousand mile range. Ninety five percent of people never drive that far. Ninety five percent of people's commute is less than twenty miles. So you're not going to run out of gas. Run out of electricity going back and forth to work. Oh, gosh. It's not no. that big a deal. No. And they've gotten so many electric charging stations now, even here in Canada, in the populated areas, that it's also not an issue. Oh, there's no problem whatsoever um, with that. You can easily drive from Vancouver to Kelowna, which is a fairly common day trip for a lot of people, and not have to worry about A, running out of electricity, mm-hmm. and B, not having a charging station when you get to Kelowna. Yes, and the Tesla also will let you know. Um, I think that you can find your charging stations on the map, and it will let you know, you know, where it's at for battery. It's not going to let you get to a point where you're going to be abandoned That's right. somewhere. Yeah. The other interesting thing is too that um, uh, I Charlie didn't mention it, but so in the lower left-hand corner, there's a, a green battery indication, just like on your iPhone, mm-hmm. and then it's got the estimated range. Mm. But the estimated range, I think, 
someone might correct me if I'm wrong, the estimated range updates automatically. So if you stomp on the gas and use up a lot of energy very, very quickly, you can see your watch estimated range drop. Mm. Because the estimated range, or the range that the Tesla says, I think it's 450 kilometers in a day. That was the second, the first uh, battery yeah. was 373 yeah. or something yeah. like that. But that is an estimated at 15 degrees Celsius, about 65 degrees Fahrenheit. Right. Riding at a constant speed, basically perfect laboratory conditions. Right. So if you, if you start driving like a sports car, Accelerating, braking, sorry, braking. Your range will will be lower than that. The the range is the perfect driving, basically. Um, so it's not. You probably wouldn't get the four hundred and seventy that it estimates. Right. Oh, but you get. Sorry, I'm like your glasses. Oh. Um, but you get you get awfully close if you if you drive normally. The fun thing was, and I wish we could have done this more, was tell them about your stop sign leaving from the stop sign. Oh, so we, I stopped at some lights. A whole bunch of traffic was along my side, on my left-hand side, and I knew I had to go into the left-hand lane, and I thought, I'm going to boot it and, and beat these guys. I wanted to see what it felt like, and it was effortless. Yeah. It was silently just, boom, out in front of the traffic, and I went, oh, that was fun. <laughs> it was no problem at all. I love the silence of it. And you I, didn't even stomp on the gas I either. did. I just thought, cause, well, you know, I'm doing yeah. a test drive. Yeah. I just thought, I'm just going to see if I can get out in front of this traffic. No problem whatsoever. It was oh, effortless. That's one of the cool things about electrics is that all electric vehicles, whether it's a Prius or a motorcycle or a great big SUV, has all their torque, 100% of their torque from the get-go. It doesn't have to build. There's no building. So <clears throat> tell them what tell them what they, they call the speed now. The yeah, the, the, there's, a, there's a new mode. It's very funny if you watch the YouTube videos. Yeah. Of how to do this mode. But like, was that you've the got mode? It. The YouTube video we were watching, or have they upgraded since then? No, no, we we I've, I haven't shown. I think I've shown you videos of of the ludicrous mode. It's called. Yes. Uh, people are just like oh, we're like, oh! back in the seat. <laughs> but it's very funny that you have to do like eighteen things to 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 uh, um, activate activate you ludicrous mode because oh. they don't want you to do it by accident. You know, they, they don't want ludicrous to happen. Oh, they, okay. Ludicrous has to be very, very intentional. You know? Okay, okay. But it's very so funny. initiating ludicrous yeah, mode. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> we, we didn't get a chance to, to do that. The biggest downside is, I mean, and by the way, just to be clear, we're not buying a Tesla. Oh, I wish. They are ludicrously, speaking of, expensive for the vehicle you get. You asked me if I thought the, the Teslas were the future. I said, no. You said, why not? I said, because it feels like Tesla wants to and or should be the apple of electric cars the high end you aspire to a tesla you'll buy a prius but you really want a tesla kind of thing you know because they're so expensive they're very 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 expensive. i can't believe now that charlie's gonna send me an email to tell me how much they would give me for my jeep little jeep renegade it's yeah. just I'm like i feel embarrassed now like, no, no, sorry, Charlie. We just did it for fun. Yeah, we just wanted to waste your time, Charlie, but we're not buying a Tesla. <laughs> no, not... I'd love The other to. thing I thought was interesting, you had no, you had no interest. You didn't even like the, the the sedans. No. The one sedan we looked at, I think it was, hopefully it was an older version, the screen stuck up. Just awful. In an awful kind of way. Yeah, no, I didn't like it, no. At least this screen looked good. As much as I hate it, it looked good in the dash of the car. The other thing that was amazed that, me yeah. was when you're sitting in the, the, the driver's seat, I'm six foot three, so I've always had a problem with headroom in cars. This felt like there was another six inches of headroom in this car. The the roof over your head, directly over your head, is glass. Yes. The And the glass goes back behind you. And so it feels like you're you're riding a convertible. Oh, yeah. Or big bubble, as you call yeah, it. Yeah, it was like a bubble. Huge amounts of visual space. Yeah. One down, and I asked you about this, about looking over your shoulder, because you always have a concern about blind spots. Mm -hmm. Maybe not so much in a Tesla, because you've got the indications of things in your blind spots. Mm, yeah. But I found what the the, uh, the first, these are called A pillars, the, the first mm -hmm, ones in your car, mm -hmm. and that the one over your left shoulder is the B pillar, mm -hmm. then the C pillar kind of thing. I found the A pillar on those to be very thick, and the B pillar to be pretty thick too. So it wasn't as you didn't mind the view 
looking over your shoulder. I've had uh, cars with much better oh, me too. visibility than that car. Gave better me. or worse? Better, better visibility. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, it felt, I mean, I wouldn't, uh, the, for me as a driver, I would never want to get so complacent that I'm not doing my shoulder checks. Shoulder checks are just an, um, hardwired for me. And that's the other thing you you mentioned too, and that's I think is the danger of this much technology in a vehicle that people do get complacent. They mm. do expect the car to take over for them in a lot more situations than the car is capable of. That's going to be the problem. And so people won't do shoulder check. People mm -hmm. because like now you mean? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but people will, will you know they, they've got this accident avoidance thing. Well, if you're three parts a moron. You think accident avoidance means I can drive anywhere I want to go and the car will prevent me from getting in an accident. Well, no, mm -hmm. the car is not omniscient. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'd love to know if there's statistics of ICBC. ICBC is the British Columbia Insurance uh, Corporation. I wonder if ICBC has, um, I know they do, but whether they would release it publicly, lists of accidents by car. Like, uh, Ford F-150 trucks get into more accidents than any other truck. Oh. Toyota okay. Accords, sorry, Honda Accords get into more accidents than any other car. And to see if Teslas get into a higher percentage of accidents than, or a lower percentage of accidents than other, other cars. Well, surely Tesla or especially is under a bit of a radar for this sort of thing. They are. There they, they certainly are... are looked at that way and, a bit more. and the, what, they will proudly and deservedly so brag about their uh, five-star safety rating the highest rating of any vehicle and they are very safe but does all that technology make people complacent well there'll be a certain portion of people that will become complacent yeah, regardless. because especially i mean let's for, say for example like i'm an i'm a, an, an incredible parallel parker i don't park any other way except parallel yep. park but, and I don't, I, I like doing it. I don't want a yeah, car to do it for yeah. me. So I'm, I'm always going to want to be that active participant in my driving. Yeah. But m there could be many people that are like, oh, you know, the car's going to do it for me. So. For most people, I would say the majority of people, and send us an email at DLTU if, if, with your feelings on this. I'd say the majority of people, if not the vast majority of people, don't necessarily like driving. They, they don't like the act of driving. They drive because they have to, because it's the easiest way to get from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. Public transit sucks or whatever it might be, or I live too far away or whatever. That, blah, blah. But I don't think that most people just really enjoy driving a vehicle, piloting a vehicle someplace. And those are the people who are going to possibly over-rely on this kind of technology. I hate this anyway. So I'd much rather just go to sleep and have the car take me to those places. Mm. That brings up the next point. Uh, there's the, uh, when it comes to cars, there's levels of autonomy. Level one is, I think, just what we have now. Level five is no steering wheel. The car will completely take over. Obviously, level five is where we're going to get to at some point in the future. But the problem we're going to have is getting to level five. Because until everyone, every car on the road is level five, as long as you have humans in the, pat in the driver's seat driving a car, you're going to have human error. Mm -hmm. Cars, people are going to make mistakes. Cars may not make mistakes, but people will make mistakes. And it's going to be interesting to see how, how that all shakes out. And the other thing is our laws haven't caught up to the technology. The cars can do more things than our laws will allow. So what's going to happen in those days when you will be able to have a fully autonomous car? That and in Canada, you'll be stoned. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think of the combination here. Tesla, take me to my dealer. Exactly. I need more pie. <laughs> but there will come a time when you'll be able to get in the passenger seat and there won't be anybody in the driver's seat. Will you drive? Will you get in that car? Right would, now, no. Would you get into a car that has no steering wheel? No. Right now, no. No. Yeah. No. No. I don't think I'd ever voluntarily do it. No. I'm a nervous enough passenger with other human beings, because other human beings are generally shitty drivers. Mm -hmm. You are a very good driver. You're mm -hmm. the first person I, I've 
I felt comfortable with them in the driver's seat. Wow. Most people make me really nervous because they'll do things I don't like. Mm. Not that they're dangerous. I just don't like the way they did that thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I've never felt nervous with, with you. Mm-hmm. I'm not just kissing ass. That's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. You're a very good driver, and I really, really like the way you drive. But I can't see me ever being comfortable no. in a fully autonomous vehicle. No. Yes. I can see me driving a car that has the kind of lane assist stuff or advanced cruise control of a Tesla. One of the neat things that we were shown was that you can set the cruise control, but you can also set the cruise control for the distance you want it to follow the car in front of That's you. That's right, and it will adjust. It will adjust that back and forth. Yes. Uh, adaptive cruise control has been around for a while, where you set cruise, cruise control to 100 miles an hour, sorry, 100 kilometers an hour, and if the car in front of you slows down to 90, it will slow down to 90 automatically. Yeah. You, you, right now, in most cars, you have, you have to hit the brakes. To bring, it, to, yeah. bring it back down. And you can adjust on the Tesla. You can say, I want to be four cars behind, yep. five or six, however many car lengths car behind, behind you want to be. So on that kind of stuff, on a, a long road trip on the interstate on the Trans-Canada, you know, you're driving through frickin' Arizona or Saskatchewan or mm-hmm. Kansas. I'll turn that sucker oh, on and just, lovely. you know, just relax. Oh. But... I do like the idea of the Tesla saying, you still have to be in the driver's seat. You still have to put your hands on the wheel. You still, And it will make you do that. And if you don't, you don't get to go into um, autonomous mode. That was very cool. He showed us that. And the car, after a period of time, gave a little, a little indication of, hey, you should put your hands on the wheel. Mm-hmm. And then after another 30 seconds, it said, no, seriously, you can put your hands on the mm-hmm. wheel. And then a the dash red, turned red. Two red, red hands. Yep. yep. Came up, mm-hmm. showing you the position 10 and 3. That's and it. Three. Yep, put your hands, put, okay, fine. You're cut and off. It turned off the driver assist, mm-hmm. and Charlie said, you couldn't turn it back on until you parked the car. And yeah, you had to stop the car. You were in time it. out. Yeah. And that was just so cool. I thought so, too. I love that. It should, they should definitely do that. Yes. Absolutely do that. You should agree. never, and, and, and the other thing is you can, you should have it so that, just like our, our airbags, our airbags know when there's a per, per, person in the passenger seat and in the driver's seat, same thing. The Tesla will not let you do driver assist if there's no weight in the pa, in, in the driver's oh, seat. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. And sure, some idiot's going to put a 200-pound weight in, in his car, but, you know, if someone wants to be that stupid, then let him kill himself. But it is, it's going to be very interesting to see how we mix these things. But I don't think it's going to happen nearly as fast as the electric car industry thinks. I don't think this is... Some people are saying, you know, we'll have fully autonomous vehicles on the road in five years. No. I don't think we're going to have a fully... uh, And fully autonomous means no steering wheel. No, I don't think so. We are not going to... Certainly not passenger cars. Yes, yes. I mean, maybe they will look more at buses and things like that. I think... You know, public transport. I think that's where it's more likely to happen is is long haul truckers. Um, oh yes. This would be a big a big boon to them, um, and yeah, certainly city buses and, and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Much more so than personal vehicles. Mm-hmm. And then when that happens, when we do have autonomous cars, you probably won't need to buy a car anymore. Because there will be all these autonomous cars sort of wandering around the city. And you'll do an Uber and call this autonomous car to you. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not going to work for those folks who are in, aren't in in high population areas like Gibsons or Saskatchewan or that kind of place. Mm-hmm. But, but for city. But for big city folks, mm-hmm. they're probably going to be not have to buy a car. They'll just call an Uber. And that Uber will be... Because Uber's working there. That's what Uber wants. Uber oh, doesn't I want... Bet. They don't want to pay their drivers. Exactly. Exactly. They would much rather have fully autonomous vehicles than they would have drivers. That's their goal. So why anyone would work for Uber when they want to get rid of you is, is, you know, who knows. Strange. Wow. Yes, it's very interesting to imagine the world when this this happens. I can't wait for it to happen because as a motorcycle rider, we'll never have autonomous motorcycles. Obviously, that would be stupid. But it means the roads will be safer. There's no doubt that the roads will be safer when computers take over. People people say, oh, you know, these cars have gotten into accidents. Yeah, but not nowhere near the number of accidents human beings have gotten into mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they're changing the radio or they're they're disciplining the kids in the back seat or 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 any number of things. Mm. Um, yes, there will be uh, bumps along the road to to uh, autonomous vehicles, and there will be accidents with autonomous vehicles. Yes, but 
there's no way it's going to be nearly the carnage that we have now. And as a motorcyclist, that's great. It means that I can trust the cars around me. Because I know if I'm if I'm on the, the highway and I look over and I see a autonomous vehicle, I'll trust that autonomous vehicle more than I trust most car drivers. Yeah, it's too bad a motorbike didn't, because today on the graphics on the uh, screen uh, we're showing, on the dash, we're showing cars. Yep. Which was a little bit strange to look at that because it doesn't look the same as what it does in real yeah, life. Yeah. But there was no motorbike that w went by. Yeah. And I would have liked to have seen, is it going to come up as a motorbike or just another car? Another, another car. Yeah. yeah. And, but Charlie also said it picks up bicyclists. Bicycles. And, and, and pedestrians. And pedestrians. Which is, but I wondered if it was going to be a little person. Yeah. Or, or like how, how, what does that look like? Yeah. It was fun. Overall, it was it was fun. If you get a chance to, to do it, uh, our friend uh, uh, Susan Susan Thayer was saying when I when I tweeted about this, she said, "Oh, that that sounds like fun." I said, "Susan, you live in Toronto, do it. Yeah, just, yeah. Just, call, just schedule a test drive. You know, you don't got to buy the car right away." That's the other thing I was very impressed by. There was it was very much a soft sell on Charlie's part. He was not pushing us to, like, you go to a car dealership and they're like, you buy this car today, I'll take $1,000 off kind of thing. Mm. It was very relaxed and you sure, Charlie definitely wanted us to buy the car, no doubt about that. But there was no pressure of sign, do it, it was now. Just very informative. Right. I think because he's got a customer or a potential customer base that are going, okay, tell me what this is. And, and so he, he was very much information Based that's what he's. That's approach. what he said. He said, "Yeah, most of, most of my job," he says, "is passing on information, mm -hmm. answering questions, mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to make a sale." Mm -hmm. People who want to buy a Tesla will buy a Tesla. Mm -hmm. There's there's and and there's no way around that. Um, so right now, it's just a matter of uh, allaying people's fears and telling them the benefits of it and all that kind of stuff. And and I don't know. I think I think if they had a smaller SUV, the 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 X version of it is a, a full seven-seater SUV. It's very, yeah. It's pretty big. Yeah. Physically pretty big. I think if they came out with, I, they're not going to. But we're in a Jeep Renegade right now. Mm -hmm. And this is plenty vehicle big oh, enough for perfect. us. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. If they came out with a Jeep Renegade size, that would be much more interesting I would. I, I thought, well, so they don't then? No, not well. yet. They, that's the, the, they've, they've got limited models, those three models that we, we saw. Are, are all they right. have. Um, so that would be interesting if they came up with a mid-sized SUV instead of this big, basically full-size. Is it full in sized. the future? Or, or? I don't know. It's a good question. I, I, um, I don't know if SUVs... Because you've got to believe that Elon Musk knows that SUVs are the, the biggest buying portion of the market right now. People want SUVs. Mm -hmm. But... Not everybody can afford a full-size SUV, whether no. it's gas-powered or, or not, right. or even need a full-sized SUV. Mm. Um, we we love this little Jeep Renegade. It's it's a perfect size oh, for us, perfect. us and the family. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't want a bigger SUV than, than I this. don't either. That's the thing. But I didn't like the other ones as much as I liked the SUV. Yeah, the, the, it definitely was a fun vehicle. If you get a chance to test drive a, a Tesla, you should definitely do that yeah i wanted to go out towards the university i wanted a bit more open road yeah but yeah. unfortunately we really driving. went through the traffic yeah, yeah we were, we were all, it was all downtown city driving so it really didn't get a chance to to really do much of anything not that you really could you know you wouldn't go to ludicrous mode with the, no, with the sales guy I in the back seat no i just wanted to get on 16th avenue there and yeah. ride to, up to the university yeah. and yeah now what was that reverse thing that we did we put it into reverse what was that thing we did at the end that Charlie wanted me to? You want to see the size of the reverse window? Oh yeah, the reverse. The wide, the wide angle. Massive. Not only on was the, the on the screen, not only was the the, the reverse view massive because the wide angle of the lenses, but the clarity of it. It was looking at a, like, like a HD TV set. Mm -hmm. It wasn't grainy. It wasn't anything. It was beautiful. It was amazing. We didn't we didn't test out the the the, the parallel parking or else again, but yeah, he wanted to show us the view and opening the window, opening the doors. The doors open up. The, 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 the screen turns on, and I push Melissa's door open, and the, her door opens up. Oh, it's gorgeous! You said something about dates, about uh, going out on a date. Oh well, Charlie, he said I'll just open the door for you yeah. now, Melissa, and he he just opened her from the driver's seat. I said, oh my goodness. You could just kick her out if you didn't like That's her. That's right, exactly. Just get open the door and kick yeah, you out. Yeah, this is your stop. And 
But it was cool. It was fun. I'm, I'm glad we did. Yeah, and we went to Granville Island. Granville Island is expensive, but always but fun. Great so people fun. watching. Great people watching. We took some pictures. We had some sushi. We bought some uh, Parma prosciutto and some <laughs> buffalo mozzarella. And what else did we get? We got, uh, oh, a, 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 a Belgian truffle pate. Oh, my goodness. So I'm looking forward to going and have supper. Oh, is that what we... Um... Although Big Duvasan forgot Melissa's cookies. No, let's not talk about it. Oh my god. Oh peeps. Taking care of Sean King. We go to a bakery mm. and we buy three cookies and we go and pay for the three cookies. The three cookies for six dollars. We get back to the the, the, the the car. It's not until we finish Costco where Melissa has been talking. And this is the worst part. Melissa has been talking with these cookies the entire time we're in Costco for like an hour and a half, two hours. Where are the cookies? Where are the where cookies? Are I'm like, are we going to have the cookies? Make sure we keep the cookies out. I left the cookies at the store. Oh, my God. Oh, sigh. Oh, God. I'm oh. so sorry done now. I had to get a lame Starbucks cookie. <laughs> <laughs> but it so was yes, fun. It, it's it was fun, fun to go over. And Vancouver really is a beautiful city. You know, it just is. And whenever I go, I always think, I get very romantic and think about living there again. Yeah. But we could never afford it. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So. Like one of my best parts of, of the trip was when we checked in the hotel, the uh, check-in agent's name. Precious. precious. Yeah, her name was Precious. Precious. Is that really your name? Your name is Precious. So, yeah, that was kind of... A very sweet little name. Yes. I, I, I teased her. I thought, with a name like that, you can't be grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> precious. You live up to your name now. Precious is just a bitch. You, know, you, can't, you, can't, you can't, That's a lot of pressure. Poor Precious. Pressure to be precious. Yeah, that's it. Uh, folks, as always, send us emails to dltu at yml.me. This has been Don't Listen to Us. I've been Sean King. I'm Melissa King. And join us again next week. We do this again. Yeah, another, we did it in the car. That's kind of cool. Another lame That's closing. Good. Yeah, it just sort of just falls off the bridge. He's tired. I am. Don't, don't I am. mind him. See ya. Bye.